0: Hey guys, welcome back to Group Chat, Conversations on Biblical Community. We're moving on in our series, The Six Habits of Groups that Actually Learn. Today we're on Habit 5, and as always, you can access this podcast, all of our podcast episodes, and every resource that we have available to you at www.rushcreek.org. Okay guys, welcome back. We are moving right along. We are only two habits left before we wrap up this season of group chat. And we are back, the doctor is in, Josh Rose, and he's here to discuss Habit Five with us today, which is called Restate Plainly. Now I'm sure some of you, as soon as you hear that, are like, well, duh, of course we should be doing that. But we're not just talking about repeating yourself and making yourself clear. Um, It's a little bit more than that. So Dr. Josh, why don't you go ahead and flesh out what you mean when you tell us to restate plainly.
1: Well, I've got a head cold today, so I am a little bit under the weather, and I don't sound like myself, so for all you listening, I apologize if I sound all croaky and hoarse. But yeah, Restate Plainly is using uh, specific examples to communicate or restate abstract ideas, right? Using specific examples to explain abstract ideas. And uh, the value of that, I mean, so that's what it is, if we're just... What is it? That's what it is. It's, uh, I think of it as metaphors. Um, we live in a culture of metaphors. right? there's a lot of comedies that have been filmed in Hollywood where uh, metaphors have made people laugh, and that's the whole movie's a bunch of metaphors. Um, and so that's really what we're doing, is you, you have a concept that's pretty abstract and, and difficult to grasp, and restate plainly is take that concept and restate it plainly, meaning... Use a specific example to, to communicate that, to describe that.
0: So, an abstract idea in a small group or in a Bible study, kind of what what would those be?
1: Well, I mean, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Because everyone's at a different level of competence in their understanding of Scripture, they're at a different level of competence in their understanding of life and people skills and relational acumen so it's a little bit in the eye of the beholder but you know the, the, the popular ones are things like grace and truth and um trust you know I guess you could look at the fruit of the spirit as well love is abstract peace joy kindness I mean all those things are character traits and so they're a bit abstract um abstract meaning you can't touch you can't touch it it's not concrete um so those are those are probably the most popular ones that would come up in a small group.
0: Mm-hmm. So then, taking those those ideas that we see in scripture, so it's it's not best to just talk about them as ideas. It's best to like put them into action, put them into a scenar- scenario. Um, so kind of kind of what would that look like? Well, where I think it's important
1: to understand number one why this is even important, mm-hmm. and or for me the the value of this. Uh, rests in my desire that my group members actually learn something when they come to small group. Right? You want them to actually learn something. So, how do I know if they're going to learn something? And I mean, that's a, maybe we'll talk about that here in a little while, but because of that, I want to provide strategies that will actually help them learn, hence the title of this podcast. So, or this series in this podcast. And we can't assume that everyone sitting in the circle can understand love the way the Bible talks about it, right? Love, you can say, I love tacos, but you can also say, I love Jesus. That's different depths of love there. At
0: least we would hope so.
1: We would hope so. So you cannot make the assumption as a group leader that everyone's going to hear the word of God the same way. And so restate plainly is a strategy that you can use to, to ensure people get it. Um, uh, last last night, I was finishing up teaching up at DBU, and I was talking about evaluation and assessment in small group ministry, walking them through how you do that. And, you know, they some of these people get glazed over. I had a senior in the class, and he did not take notes all night. <laughs> He didn't even unpack his bag. He just sat there and was staring at me. And so I had this, this, this glass-eyed effect. Everything was glazed over while I was talking, and I kept snapping. I'd snap like that and go, you with me? You with me? And sometimes we want to do that in group. I mean, we wouldn't then be disrespectful, but um, <laughs> this is how you can make sure people are tracking with you, is you can restate plainly. Um, so how that would look in a group is, you know, if it's you know, if it's love. We used that earlier. Then you could use a scratch sheet of paper. You could, um, you know, use a dry erase board. You could use a poster. You could use people using their phones, and you could have everyone um, obviously read the text. And you know, you would need to understand what the scripture is teaching first. That's a big assumption that you know the the group leader has done the legwork. And then have the group look up on their phones or write on a sheet of paper, what, is, what, do you, what do you feel like, or maybe what image comes to mind when you hear this word love in the text? And you may see people draw a family, a pet, a heart, Valentine's Day, sacrifice. I mean it's just in the eye of the beholder again, what does love mean to them? And then you as a leader have an opportunity, number one, to gauge for competence, meaning does everyone track with me? I'm able to tell from their pictures. And if you have a larger group, you may have to pair them up and do it and then kind of do a group report. But you're able to tell. And if everyone's got it, move on. But if they don't have it, then you can use an example. You can restate this abstract idea plainly and give them kind of a course correct. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So for a leader, I'm sure there might be some leaders out there thinking, well, I'm not exactly um – a creative type or um, so I'm not really good at coming up with examples or anything like that so how would you encourage that leader well I think it's a great
1: question because I think a lot of people think that way um, I guess first I would challenge so obviously there would be encouragement but first I, I don't want to let them just slide off the easy way of just saying yeah that's not me so I would challenge them and and, uh, and just push back a little bit and say I, I'm not sure I buy that whole, whole hog so go ahead and describe to me where you're having problems and my experience has been people are further along than they think they are they just are not confident right yeah. so um, you know clearly reaching out to commentaries other teaching helps anytime you can use a commentary some of these authors who write these commentaries will use will restate plainly You know, especially in passages that are like, "Man, that could mean a lot of different things." A commentator will usually have done some of the (laughs) pre-chewing for you, and that can kind of set you on um, set you on your path. So, first, I would challenge. Next, I would encourage them by reaching out to different teaching aids, helps, uh, such as commentaries and other book devotions on the same topic. Um, You can you can also reach out to your group's pastor, your campus pastor, your coach. Any other perspectives would work. But you know what else would be good? And uh, I, th- I think that people will be surprised. You can kill two birds in one stone with this. Not that we're into killing birds, but <laughs> you could reach out to your future leaders in the group. You know, every group has some people who, if they had a little bit of training and God tapped them on the shoulder, they could lead a group. Absolutely. I mean, God can God could lead a group with a rock if he wanted to. God can do anything. But uh, there's some people in your group probably... And if you reached out to them and you brought them into your circle and you brought them in and you had a conversation such as, hey, I've got this patches that we're going to study in group this week. So there's this word in there, trust. Uh, I'm not sure. Or let's let's do a very specific and extreme example, propitiation. What does that mean, number one? And mm-hmm. then that is mega abstract. So I wonder if we put our heads together, if we could come up with a way of explaining this to the group that would help people you know, along to help them track with us, and bringing them in there. Number one, two heads are better than one. Number two, you're going to create ownership for that conversation. So those are those are just some things that off the top of my head that I can think of about how I would engage that leader.
0: See, if I gave you the perfect example to recommend my guy C. S. Lewis, <laughs> and you didn't take it. So disappointed. Sorry. No, but I get I wasn't feeling it. But again, I had to name drop him. If you need somebody helping you as far as pictures and metaphor, that's the guy to look at, along with everything that Josh said. I totally agree. But, uh, but, so, um, perhaps another strategy a leader might take uh, would be, well, if I'm trying to make an abstract idea concrete and practical, then um, I know so-and-so in my group is having this issue, um, I won't say his name, but I'll relate it to what he's going through um, to try and actually put it on the ground. Do you think that's a good strategy or maybe not something to take in a group setting? Oh, ay, yeah, yeah. ay. Um, It depends on
1: what it is. If you know that a guy has his head turned by a lady in the office and he's confided that into the, guys, in the group of guys... It might not be a good idea for you to hint at that, in in the large group. Whenever the husband, the wives are in there as well, using that as an example, that that may alienate the guy who was vulnerable and shared that. But if you know a guy is drinking too much, and you've talked to him, and you're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna sanctify this out of you, <laughs> you know, we're gonna force you to your knees, and you do business with God until this is done, um, then. I think speaking about addiction and stuff like that is an example. I think that's appropriate because, I mean, look at the one another's. I mean, we're to bear these burdens with one another. We are to spur one another on, and that not always feels good. So I think it depends on what it is. But you never want to name drop. You never want to um, – if you know that something is being dealt with kind of in the grapevine of the group – like it just hasn't kind of surfaced in large group setting yet, but hey, this is being dealt with, then as a leader you never want to alienate that situation by bringing it to light.
0: Okay, well, um, that's um, the questions that I had prepared. Is there any final encouragement or any final word that you want to give uh, on this habit?
1: Yeah, I think if, if, if leaders will think deeply about what they're trying to accomplish when the group gathers for, for Bible study prayer and encouragement and accountability if they're if if they think deeply about what it is are we really trying to do here that's the heart behind all of these habits it's we're trying to help you have some good strategies that deal with the head next season we're going to deal with some really great and helpful strategies that deal with the heart and then third and then the next season after that, we're gonna deal with some great strategies that deal with the hands, the head, the heart, and the hands. And so this what this is about. This is we are we're trying to find some of the best of the best stuff that's out there in research today that has demonstrated with evidence base that this stuff works. And restate plainly works because it helps people come along. And when you think about the Kind of levels of competence. There's people in your group who don't know what they don't know. There's people in your group who know exactly what they don't know. There's people in your group who know exactly what they know. And there's people in your group who they don't even know what they know. They just take it for granted and they assume everyone knows it. You have all of those types of people in group. And a habit like this helps make sure people are brought along so you don't lose anybody. And in the end, the idea, the hope, the research would suggest that they will be brought along and that they will master whatever it is you're trying to discuss in group.
0: So, Good word. Well, Josh, thank you so much again for joining us. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Hey, guys, thanks again for listening. Just want to remind you one more time that every resource that we have is available to you at all times at www.rushcreek.org. If you'll just go to that website, go to the ministries button and go to the groups page. At the bottom, there's a button that says resources and curriculum and everything we have from our podcasts to our blogs to videos to everything we have to help you be the best leader you can be is on that page. Thanks, guys.